Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. He's Patrick Creighton. I'm Sean Bajani. Sports Radio 610's Area 45. Appreciate you joining us. You want to be a part of the show? 713-572-4610. You can call or text the program. Uh, give you your uh, daily... Wait, you hear this? I, let me see. I heard it kick in. Turn it up, Jace! Yeah! Shout out to Chris Santiago for uh, putting this one in. Is this per your recommendation? No, but this is uh, definitely taking me back to uh, my high school days. I was going to say, high school. It has to be high school. <laughs> there you go. Uh, give me your daily Justin Verlander update. I do this really because it's the two-week mark, Patrick. Two weeks since pitchers and catchers first reported. Two weeks since Justin Verlander first told us that he was two weeks behind. Uh, he woke up today feeling great uh, after throwing a bullpen session yesterday, which it was ramped up in terms of intensity. So good news there. Played a little catch today. Good news there. And here's the news that I will break for Justin Verlander. If he was going to be asked at some point tomorrow, if in fact he's caught up, has he closed the gap? And the answer is going to be no. Uh, he's 41. You're not making up two weeks in two weeks. That's not going to happen. He is right on schedule as far as I'm concerned. So there is your Justin Verlander update. If you care to add anything to that PC, you're more than welcome to. Well, you know what? This is Verlander is not throwing breaking balls, not ready to face hitters. And as we expected, they're not admitting it yet, but not going to be ready for opening day. No. And like I said, I don't care if he misses two weeks. I don't want him to miss two months. Don't push him. Don't rush him. If he's two weeks behind, he's like, as you said, you don't make up that time. You will stay two weeks behind. Let him be two weeks behind. Mm -hmm. Let him make his first start April 15th. I don't care. If he goes full Biggio Bagwell on Joe Espada's ass and starts throwing baseballs at the manager's door because he's not in the lineup, don't care. Like, your ass is sitting until you're absolutely ready, and then I'm going to decide if I'm absolutely uh, comfortable with you being ready. (laughs) Like, remember they did this nonsense with Jake Odorizzi. They signed him late in in training, spring training. Mm-hmm. And 
rushed him to the majors when he was not nearly ready. He had three horrible starts, and then he went on the DL. Mm-hmm. Sorry, IL. Ah, come on. And, and it's like... Odorizzi, by the way, still available? Um, been, I actually, think I think up. he's finally healthy again. Yeah, he and is. And he was throwing for teams. So He was you know making what? a really strong case on MLB Network Radio a couple of weeks ago. If, if you're telling me you can sign him for... Two three million dollars and have him go down to Sugarland and get himself ready. This way, if they need an extra starter in May or June, Jake Odorizzi pitched all right for us. Yeah, yeah, no, I hundred percent. I would be on board with that. Hell, you might even need him earlier, uh, depending on how you're going to handle uh, JP France as well. And you know what? If we get to the trade deadline and we don't need nine starting pitchers. Trade one. Trade two. Mm-hmm. You're going to have 10. <laughs> You're going to have 10 you, starting have caliber pitchers come the trade that deadline. Everybody wants, which yeah. is starting pitching. Yep. So if if Odorizzi's pitching uh, all right for you, I mean, he pitched like, what, 375 ERA while I he was here? Like, Jake Odorizzi pitched all right here. Okay. You know what? For like two, three million bucks, because he's basically on a one year prove it deal, uh, that. He's got to agree. Hey, you're gonna you're gonna go down to Sugarland and you're gonna get yourself ready because you're not gonna be ready yeah. for opening day. You're gonna accept going to AAA and you're gonna accept. We'll call you when we call you, but here we'll give you two three million bucks. Yeah, you know how many people out there driving in their car saying these guys are talking about Jake Odorizzi coming back? What? You crazy? It's depth. People, people are. It's I know. Depth. People are so out on him. What did we not have last on him? year? Like every every look. I always say this. The Astros did something last year no other team in Major League Baseball could have done, and that survived the loss of three starting pitchers at the same time, two of whom were down for the whole year, one of whom missed three months. No other team in baseball could have done what the Astros did, and the Astros hung on by the damn skin of their teeth to make that work. And there were plenty of Brandon Belak, Ronel Blanco. Holy crap, the bases are loaded. Every freaking inning starts. All right, that they somehow some way managed not to get blown out in. You they lived very very dangerously last year because they had no choice. Yeah, and you survived two of your best relief pitchers um you know, the bottom falling out on both of them, and Ryan Stanek and Rafael Montero last year as well when they pitched and, and you career did it, years two years ago. You did it without Jordan and without Altuve for nearly half the season. I mean, Altuve played 90 games last year. Yeah, pretty much did it without Brantley. You know, Brantley didn't come back really till September. You did it with, uh, a, you know, a catcher that brought it. 174 batting average. Toothbrush to the plate with him instead of a baseball bat. League leader in pass balls. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, man. Defense. You know, defense. Real quick, let's count them. On one hand, I said 10 right around the trade deadline. You've got Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, three, Hunter Brown, four, JP France, five, Jose Urquidy, six. And I said starting caliber pitching, right? Uh, you're going to be getting Lance McCullers back in and around. Well, we're talking about August for that, so you know. We'll I was going to say on. late July, early August. Let's put them on the on the other list. Luis Garcia, same list. Um, you've got Brandon Bielak, seven, and Ronel Blanco, eight. Spencer Arrieta, nine. Well, that's ten as well, far as it's I eleven. Count. If you count the two guys that 
hopefully we'll be back in, in August. Arigetti makes it 11, and I wanted to get to that because, well, Dana Brown did today when he sat down with Bill Ladson of MLB.com, discussed a wide range of things, all baseball, from Dusty Baker to Justin Verlander, Alex Bregman, to impact players he thinks could factor in to the Astros this season. Quote, I think Melton, who is the Astros' top prospect, by the way, uh, has a chance to come up and make an impact. I also think that Spencer Arigetti, who is their number four prospect, by the way, uh, can make an impact as a starter. He's throwing the ball well in his first spring training outing. He had two really good innings, so he's off to a good start. Melton is not off to a great start, but he has made a lot of adjustments. He's working on a new approach, hitting-wise. But I think he's going to get his power. He can steal bases, and he's a really good defensive player. End quote. That from your general manager, Dana Brown, on two guys that he thinks make an impact this season. Spencer Arigetti is a guy that I've thought since November could be a guy that could make an impact. He's a guy that I thought would would be on this team at some point, likely due to injury, uh, possibly due to the underbelly of the bullpen just being bloody awful and they needed to replace somebody. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, but I could see Arrighetti coming up and, and getting some starts in uh, to fill in for injuries, etc. I see zero path to the majors for Jacob Melton right now. Seems early for him. He Jacob went from Melton high is, A to double A last season. He's 23. He's got 52 at-bats at double A. Yeah where he hit 250 in those 52 at-bats. But, look, he had five homers, but he has 52 double-A at-bats. He's not Albert Pujols making the jump from double-A to the majors. Yeah, he needs a little bit more seasoning, You need a little more time. Um, going back to Arigetti, though, his progression in the system, just me looking at it earlier today, he should be slotted or expected to pitch around 145 innings this season. He's in the last three years, he's gone up incrementally around 20 innings each year, gone from like 83 to 106 to last year. It was like 126, 128, something like that should be around 145 innings. If you go by that progression, that's pretty similar to how they've handled Hunter Brown over the years, how they handled JP France over the years until last year. Until last year, sure. And you were up against the wall. You had to pitch those guys. You you were desperate. Um, He went from high A ball to triple A within the last two seasons. And I'm talking about Spencer Arrighetti. So I see a path for him a lot easier than I do one for Jacob Melton. But it is cool to hear Dana Brown talk about, you know, two of your top five prospects in that fashion, especially one in Melton's case, who, look, it's very early in spring. They've played, what, five, six games so far? Not off to a great start? Don't care. I watched him the other day, two days ago. And, man, just like I was telling you about that cat at U of H, uh, Trey Jones, a right fielder, you look at Melton and you can't just help but see big leaguer. I mean, that guy's going to play in the show. He could play. One day, absolutely. He's got pop. Just the pop. I haven't seen it yet, just, you know, on the highlights, but I'm just looking at him as an athlete, the way he moves, just his body language and his approach at the plate. Like, I'm very excited about uh, that one day uh, that he wears an Astros uniform. And and that might be, look, depending on how he progresses this year, that could be next season. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even kick a September call-up out of bed, and maybe that's maybe where Dana Brown is thinking. But, I mean, when you say impact, I mean, you're playing a role. All right, you're gonna you're gonna eat up a spot on the 26 man. That's a significant role, no matter how you couch it. I just, I just I think it's a little early for Dana Brown to be saying that, but it's important. And the real reason that I brought it up today is because there was an article by uh, how do you say this woman's name? Is it Van or Vaughn? Uh, the New Chronicle uh, sports writer, Leah Vaughn, Leah Van, one of those. She uh, wrote an article. Don't, um, Leah, don't say anything bad about Jose Altuve again so the fans don't try to that kill That one, you. yeah. You know, I, knew, I knew you'd know her by that. Um, but she wrote an article back in uh, mid-January where she talked to Dana Brown, and Dana Brown named these same two guys a month ago. And now, I mean, I would be a little bit more intrigued if it was another guy or two differently named here. I think a lot of people would like to hear Forrest Whitley's name. Uh, brought up who's already dealing with issues yeah and so that kid is cursed that's there's that <laughs> he has like a middle finger injury yeah i saw something about that uh, a know, couple of days ago which, I you think. know that yeah. could be a tendon in your in your finger it's hard to pitch when you tear those i really hope it was just some soreness because this kid has been snake bit his whole career mm-hmm. uh, i really just want him to finally get a chance to be healthy yeah and when he's healthy and he's pitching well you better bring his ass up and get some quality innings out of him while you can and then trade him <laughs> and then trade him i'll tell you what if if you told me give me a bat that could have some kind of an impact i think it could be will wagner Will Wagner kind of projects as a utility guy. Mm-hmm. His best position is second base. Obviously, won't be playing there. Mm-hmm. But he could play second. He could play third. He could play first. Um, you know, he, he kind of fits the, the, say, if the you utility can, guy role. If you can play first base, then your value is very, very high, in my opinion, And you, if you're within the Astros organization. I think having a guy who could play first and third is really important. He can play first and third. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes excellent contact. He doesn't whiff. He's got more gap power than home run power. He's not. If he played in the majors, he's probably a ten to fifteen home run type of guy. He's not going to hit a ton of homers. But here's a guy who uh, last year double A hit three hundred nine. At 892 OPS, had seven homers, had 16 doubles. What was his on base? 207 at bats. On base, 385. Draws walks. Beautiful. Uh, had a cup of tea at Sugar Land. Played six games. He um, he went 15 for 26. Beautiful. Billy That's Wagner's 577. son, by the way. Billy Wagner's son. Yes, the Billy, Billy Wagner. Wagner's son. And uh, because he makes really good contact, doesn't strike out, draws walks, can play a couple of different positions. He's a guy that might find his way on the roster at some point because he could be a legit utility guy. Yeah. Which is something John Singleton can't be. No. He plays first base only. There's no way he makes a roster this year. I can't imagine he makes the roster. I mean, there would have to be some serious, like, under-the-table money getting passed around for him to... They brought him up last year. He was supposed to be the left-handed he power bat. He was awful. He hit two home runs like in his first two games and didn't do squat after and that. And after that, the best thing he did was he walked. He walked. He Thank you. Walk. Thank you for that. But I contend that Joe, uh, Joe Espada 
absolutely told him, you go up there and you don't swing at a damn thing. <laughs> you know, and single You just take. He can only play first. You, you got if you're going to be a bench guy, but he's a lefty. Got, he's a lefty bat, Patrick. You know how valuable that is, especially when you don't swing the bat. Uh, Will Wagner, lefty. <laughs> yes, amen. Huge year for him. Chandler Rome, uh, good job by him the other day, writing about him and uh, the Desenzo fella uh, who plays Jack Desenzo. Yeah, yeah. Jack Desenzo uh, might be a Braggy replacement he's one day. Like six four and two hundred and twenty pounds. I mean, this dude is. Huge. Huge. Massive human being, and he's got a lot of pop. There, they're kind of adjusting his swing to cut down on the strikeouts. Uh, he and Wagner, if Wagner doesn't get onto the forty man, I'm mean, the twenty six man. If he doesn't make the opening day roster, he and Wagner are going to share time at third base at Sugarland as they kind of coach both of these guys up for their defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Desenzo, it's making contact defense. For Wagner, it's you know a little bit more power defense. Um, that's kind of where where they are right now. But because Wagner can can he really make contact? Yeah, that's the kind of guy who fits a bench profile, plays multiple positions, makes contact, has a good at bat, doesn't strike out, draws walks. Not a power hitter, but a guy who's going to make contact hits. He fits the bench player role, and I think because of that, if there's an injury. He could wind up getting some playing time just by default. But Zach Dezenzo seems to be the guy, and he's still a little young, 23, needs a little bit more seasoning in the minors. He seems to be the guy that um, people are focused on to be the Breggy replacement. Right, so that's yeah. like a year out with yeah. Dezenzo, who, well, like I mean, he's going to turn 24 in May. Uh, he's a guy who has had 245 at-bats at A. Where he hit 257 and hit 14 homers, and he stole 16 bases. Mm-hmm. So he's he's got pop, he's got speed. Um, at at other levels, he's shown the ability to to draw walks. Uh, he does strike out a bit. Like those, uh, he had 245 at bats at Corpus, struck out 79 times. Yeah, that's. Like one out of three. Yeah, but he gets on base. Look at this on base percentage. His on base at Corpus was three thirty nine, but uh, again, it was his first time at Double A, and at other levels of the minors, he's shown the ability to draw walks. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was only you know twenty three at Double A is still a little like, like a year or so. Most of those guys are like twenty four. Yeah. So he was the a younger guy in the league for the first time. Second time around in Double A, you expect to see him. For DeZenzo, like I said, I think he's going to start the year at AAA, but if he doesn't, he'd start the year at AA and probably move up to AAA by no later than June. Yeah, either way, big years, big, big years for uh, both DeZenzo and Will Wagner. So be looking forward to that. Coming up next, it's bandwagon time. You're going to be on or off. PC's going to have it for you next. It's Sports Radio 610. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm on a board. Yeah, he's been off the wagon two years. Off the wagon? I think it's off the wagon. I think it's on the wagon. You're back on the wagon. Right off the wagon. What the hell do you know about wagons? I know enough not to get on them. Told you. All right, it's time to get on or get off. Let's play the bandwagon. Sean, we're going to start off uh, with these comments from Stephen A. Smith regarding one Eric Bieniemy. What am I supposed to say for Eric Bieniemy at this point? He has been interviewed at least 15 times for 14 different head coaching jobs. And not one time did he walk away with the job. At some point in time, it has to be you. I'm not questioning his football acumen. I'm not questioning his resume. I'm saying that during the interview process, something's got to be you if you've gotten 15 different interviews from 14 different franchises. And other blacks have been hired and not you. Because the reality is, is that the NFL is hiring black coaches now. They just ain't Eric the enemy. <laughs> That's for sure. Stephen A. Changing his tune on why Eric sleeping with the enemy is not getting any jobs. Sean, Stephen A. will have a new take on this next week. Are you on or off the bandwagon? I'm off the bandwagon. I uh, I fully see where Stephen A's coming from there. And he's right, by the way, on uh, the NFL and their hiring practices. You look at guys like Raheem Morris, now in Atlanta. Gerard Mayo, now in New England. Antonio Pierce, going to be the dude in Vegas. Uh, Dave Canales, new head coach in Carolina. Uh, just coaches of color, period. Um it's the most the NFL has ever seen in league history now. They've got nine coaches of color. So that old narrative of uh, NFL teams not hiring Eric Bieniemy because of his skin color, I never really bought into that. That's me. Guys of color, maybe, like Stephen A., saw it a little bit differently, and I totally understand why, um, even though I never agreed with it. I don't think that's a stance that he's going to go back on because he has been for years uh, on the Eric Bieniemy train. It's time to hop off. Bieniemy might have hopped his ass off too, just taking the uh, OC job at UCLA 
is now associate head coach. Seems to me like he's kind of given up on the thought of being a head coach in the NFL, not just because he's Eric Bieniemy, but because his version, like Eric Bieniemy's old, and people are hiring younger guys now. I think that's another reason why he should hop off of that. So I'm off. I'm gonna tell you, I'm off, but for a different reason. I absolutely think Stephen A. will have a new take on it, just not next week, because now that he's in college football. Stephen A. probably doesn't really give a damn because he's an NFL guy and doesn't really pay attention to college football until his producers tell him to say something that's wrong. <laughs> so, some point he'll he'll be he'll be flipping his switch, changing his story, just not quite next week. Maybe one year from now, when Eric Bieniemy does a badass job at UCLA and is one of the top coordinators in all of college football, and then Stephen A.'s barking. This guy should get a head coaching job. <laughs> Come on, <NFL>. Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. Is he going to be barking for colleges to hire him as head coach or the NFL again? We'll wait and see. Number two, Tyree Kill has a woman problem. Again. <laughs> With a different woman. Again. Apparently, <laughs> Tyree Kill is being sued that he broke a BBW influencer's leg. Hold on, uh, sorry. Acronyms. Uh, a BBW is uh, stands for Big Beautiful Woman. Oh, oh. So uh, the woman in uh, is her name is Sophie Hall. She calls herself an Americanized Brit. She's a six foot one uh, quote BBW influencer. Jeez. And uh, I'm going to show you a picture of her. I was looking it up myself, but go ahead. She's actually pretty good-looking big girl. Uh, Let me see. I need a better angle here. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty, man. She's she's pretty. Voluptuous. She has uh, excellent curves. Blonde hair and blue eyes doesn't hurt. Goodness gracious. So she apparently is looking for $50,000 after a friendly football lesson at Tyree Kill's Miami Mansion. Uh, left her with a fractured leg. According to the story, uh, this happened uh, May 24th, 2023. She bought a ticket to his football camp. At his house? Uh, He had a football camp. (laughs) And her lawyers say there was a lot of flirtatious interaction Uh between the two. One thing led to another. Uh Uh-huh. And she wound up at his house in late June after she was provided with flight and travel arrangements. Okay. She didn't pay for these on her own. You can make your own inferences. Paul shows up. The woman shows up. And here's Tyree Kill working out with his trainer on a turf field at the back of his mansion. He invites her to do some offensive line drills. Oh, of course. Here's here's where things get interesting. Can you snap me the ball while I'm under center? So he asks her to stand in a defensive line stance while he stood opposite her as an offensive lineman. He hiked the ball to the quarterback and told her, rush him like she wanted to chase the quarterback. So she did. And apparently she knocked Tyreek down which caused everyone to laugh their asses off at Tyree, <laughs> including his mama, his sister, his trainer, and his friend. Okay. So he got up, 
kind of pissed off. Let's do it again. They do it again, and he bulldozes her and fractures her leg. Stop. She's suing for $50,000. That's it? Tyreek Hill is a jackass. Are you on or off the bandwagon? I'm on. I mean, I'm obviously on. If everything in that story is true, how could you not be on the bandwagon? He's an absolute idiot. Uh, by the way, 5'10", 185, that's what I see the measurements are for one Tyreek Hill. This woman is six foot one, And probably at least 225. <laughs> and so he was feeling her out, like literally. Yeah, it's not all um, he was trying to feel. He was feeling her out, like how powerful of a woman could this be? Like, I'm maybe going to go easy. Let's see if she can handle it because, you know, I, I, I need to get my training in. As an offensive lineman, of course. And so once she lit him up and then he got up pissed off because he felt embarrassed. Like, what do you mean you don't do that because you think like that that's not going to happen from a six foot one, two twenty five, voluptuously beautiful woman? I don't know. Like I, I I'm out on both of them because does this damn woman realize who she's suing? You know, like for fifty G's that's it? Like, ramp it up a little bit. The guy's worth probably $150 million. Um, He's got a four-year, $120 million contract with the fish. Yeah. I mean, come on. He's worth at least that much. Uh, not just included what's get, what he's got coming to him, but he's making other money elsewhere. I'm out on this dude. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're off the bandwagon? He's not a jackass? No, I'm on the bandwagon. He's, he's, he's a jackass. He's absolutely jackass. It doesn't even matter what he did. If some woman is suing you for... 50 grand and that's it and you have a 120 million dollar contract why have you not just here here's some money go the f away why are you letting her sue you why are you letting her get pub why are you letting her get positive pub for her and negative pub for you when you could have just like wrote a check by nobody would have freaking known have you ever heard of non-disclosure agreement you could have wrote her a check for like 30 grand Made her sign an NDA, hasta la pasta. But no! Maybe he did, though, and she didn't accept. And she's doing it for all of those reasons that you just went over. I feel like if they were just like 10, 15 grand apart, they'd have found a common ground. All she's suing for is 50 grand. It's like you said, girly, do you not know who you're suing? Yeah, I mean... There should be an extra zero in there. All right, so how does that... Like, she's going to sue for 50 grand. Let's say she wins. How much is she spending on her own lawyers? At least a third. You know, and then so you're going to get, like, 25 after, you know, fees and all that crap? There should be an extra zero. Come on. She's also a dumbass. Um, but she'll be suing for more. By the way, according to a 281, James Harden did her. Uh, check James Harden hit list. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Listen, I, I'm not. I'm not going to say that um, you know bad job by him because you know, yeah, she's she good looking man. She's a good looking big girl, and you know the the big dogs, you know they they, they can handle that. Um, they can handle a little rough stuff. I mean, Tyreek five ten one eighty five. Hey, you're into what you're into. Uh, clearly, could not handle that. If I were single, I wouldn't kick her out of bed. No. I don't care if she's five, four inches taller than I am. I would not have been pissed off if she tried to tackle me in front of anybody. I'm good. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Get no. up embarrassed and pissed off. What? Number three. A 
couple in Verona, Kentucky got married in a very unusual place. Verona, Kentucky. In a gas station. <laughs> in Verona, Kentucky. That's unusual. In the bathroom. Stop. <laughs> Tiana and Logan Abney knew the men's bathroom inside the hop shops in Verona was the perfect wedding venue for them. I wanted something a little different, Tiana explained. Didn't want to just get married to a typical chapel, you know, go to the church. I wanted something fun to tell my kids, a good experience. Tiana also works at the hop shop. Had this idea. She's like, hey, the hop shop, the hop shop. And I was like, that doesn't seem too bad. And she's like, the bathroom. And I'm like, that's kind of cool, too, said Logan. Is it like a Bucky's bathroom? Like, they've got the cleanest in town in Verona, um, Kentucky. Yeah, looking at that picture, I'm going to say no. <laughs> Is there then really again, a looking at that picture, these two rednecks may not have ever seen anything outside of this bathroom. Um, <laughs> Sean, these two rednecks probably got married where they first had sex. Are you on? Oh, off I the thought bandwagon? the same thing. Thank you. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm on. I'm on. I was thinking the same exact thing. Because, of course, that's why it would seem like a good idea. Hey, honey, remember, why- remember that time I came in here and I told you you looked kind of purdy and you said, <laughs> let's go to the bathroom and, and we got it on? Let's get married in the same spot. <laughs> you got a purdy mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that's a story that we could tell for generations. Our kids' kids are going to know this story. and um, Hey, kids. Daddy liked jelly rolls and mama got lots of them. They're going to name the bathroom after us one day. We're going to retire here. <sighs> Does it have like uh, the bathroom doors? Does it have like the little half moon? <laughs> you know, like an outhouse. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> no, it has like the cheesy like little tiny tiles that go like across the top. Oh, like, like eight inches of them. Yeah. Good old Verona, Kentucky. Let me tell you something there, boy. No. Afterwards, um, we had a little moonshine. My yeah. pappy made it. My pappy. <laughs> Made it with some lemonade. Woo-wee! Tastes better than battery acid. <laughs> that is your bandwagon. Can't make this crap up, man. Holy smokes. All right, coming up next, people are going to see this post. They're going to see it. A lot of you have already. It's been all over Facebook. Um, and you're going to be misled by this misinformation. Uh, Area 45, myself, and PC are going to get you back on track, clear a few things up. Next, at Sports Radio 60. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 
Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. Bajani and Creighton back with you. Area 45, final segment of the evening. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, if you're driving around, make sure you're being safe, all that good stuff. And um, prepare to... Uh, you know, get back on track. Stay in the lane if you uh, run across this uh, level of misinformation. You know, uh, Jordan Alvarez made his spring debut yesterday, hitting the two-hole uh, for just one of the very few times he ever has in his career at any level within the Astros organization at any time. Uh, he's been predominantly a uh, number three, number four guy in the lineup. And I saw this post on Facebook today, and I saw it. And I was like, oh, yes, we're talking about this. Immediately, I went to the Google Doc, and I started putting some stuff in, and I got lost in a wormhole. And I go back to my Facebook app, and it refreshed on me. So I lost, like, the specific numbers. But I will give you um, pretty much the gist of this whole thing. The numbers that you would see were comparing the production of one Jordan Alvarez to Aaron Judge. Now, Aaron Judge hits in the two-hole. Jordan Alvarez uh, has been back and forth between the three and four, okay, uh, for the majority of time. Hit a little bit in the fifth, but pretty much a three-four guy with the Astros. The Post was trying to make the case that it made more sense to bat Jordan in the three or four-hole, where he's predominantly been, rather instead of the two-hole, and that the hitting him in the two-hole was a stupid idea because look at the numbers – on what Jordan Alvarez has done home run-wise with more than two men on base versus what Aaron Judge has done with more than two men on base hitting it from the two spot. Jordan has, like, just killed him. But overall numbers, you look at Aaron Judge, and the numbers are ridiculous. He's been hitting from the tool for a longer period of time. He's got hundreds more bats. Here's what I need the people to understand. Statistics show. You know, it's a data-driven game now in a lot of ways. Statistics show. It's simple math. It's not fuzzy. Two-hole hitters are going to get more at-bats routinely during the course of a season in upwards of 30 to 50 more at-bats. Also, those more at-bats generally come uh, with less than two outs, statistics say. Also, the two-hole hitter is going to have a better chance at getting on base and driving in those runs when you're the kind of two-hole hitter that an Aaron Judge is or that a Jordan Alvarez is. Um, I mean, there's a lot of examples over the years. And I wonder when exactly this started to take place, PC. I think if you did the research, you'd probably find it was, uh, I think the Cubs experimented with this, maybe the Minnesota Twins. Uh, back in the 90s when your two-hole hitters were your Adam Everett types. You remember that? Derek Jeter was kind of a, an, an anomalous, I think, to a certain degree when compared to other uh, two-hole hitters. But they've usually been second basemen, you know, slap hitters, maybe just barely better than your 8-9 guys. I don't know when the trend really started to become like, hey, let's put our biggest and badass guy in the two-spot. But that's kind of where the game's coming from. Even Jordan Alvarez thought it was a joke when Joe Espada brought it up to him. Listen to this quote. 
At the beginning of the conversation, I thought he was joking. Obviously, I've never hit there before. So whenever he said it, I would just laugh. But the closer we got to spring training, he mentioned it, and I asked him, are you being serious? He went on to say on actually hitting in the two-hole, quote, hitting behind Altuve doesn't feel like you're hitting second in the lineup. So it still feels like you're hitting fourth. But he's a guy that likes to swing quickly, so I had to get up and get out there quickly as well, end quote. Alvarez went on to you know, make a few other mentions like, hey, I've got to mentally prepare myself for this, and i got to get ready sooner, and things like that, and it's going to be a mental adjustment for him. Here's my question. How long do you think Joe Espada is going to give this if, in fact, Jordan is not producing in the regular season? Is it a month? Is it two months? Is it two weeks, like some managers have done before in the past, where it's like, ah, just can't do it? Honestly, I think there's a negative 5 million percent chance Jordan doesn't produce. I mean, if we're just going to be real, there there's no way in hell we're in we're in May and Jordan's hitting like 240. Like there's no freaking way. Thank you. Here's my uh I figured you would say that. Do you agree with this? Is it just a Jordan thing or I just believe hitters hit. Wherever you're at in the lineup, Hitters will just simply hit. However, if you can optimize the production and get him in a spot to where it is not only going to benefit you from a team standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, but him, I mean, being able to hit more regularly with more guys on base with less than two outs and have the opportunity to get more at-bats, potentially 30 to 50 in the course of a season, probably closer to 30 given how much he's going to play and the rest and all that stuff. But if there's better opportunity for more run production, period, you're going to do it. This is, if, if we want to just get, like, peeling the onion back, mm-hmm. Jordan batting second means at zero times in the first inning is he coming up with two outs. It means that roughly 38% of his at-bats in the first inning are going to come with Altuve on base. How many times would you like to see Jordan Alvarez come up, runner on, nobody out, and now the pitcher is sweating because, crap, Jordan Alvarez is at the plate. I don't even have an out yet. Yeah. It puts Jordan in better opportunities because he's going to get a lot of opportunities to come up and hit with guys on ba- with, with uh, Altuve on base and nobody out. More importantly, having Jordan bat second is going to make Bregman and Tucker better. Because Altuve last year got on base 391. Jordan was over 400. Well, that gives Bregman and Tucker an awful lot of opportunities to come up with nearly a 40% chance at least one guy is on base when they come up. And maybe is equally a good a chance as having both on base. <laughs> Honestly. You know, I mean, what are the chances? All right, we got uh, first and third, nobody out. They're pretty damn good. Is Tucker an option for you in the two spot at any point this year? Just to tinker with it? Probably not. Tuck's on base is not consistent. So, he's had... A season before where his on-base was really good. Last year, it was like in the 330. Here's why I say this, though. Here's why I say this. 
Altuve can still run a little bit, obviously. Tucker has been in and around 30 stolen bases three straight years. Dude can run, okay? He gets on base well enough. I would imagine his career on base is in and around 340. Tuck's on base for his career is 345. Last okay. year was actually pretty good. It was 369. The year before was 330. Right. 359, 325. So he's kind of been up, down, up, down. Uh, with the with the on base, and it's usually predicated on what he hits. Here's the thing, though: if you get two speed guys on the base paths with Bragi and Jordan behind him, you can do a lot of different things. You can be a little bit more aggressive on the base paths, as Joe Espada has made mention of wanting to be this year. That doesn't just mean stolen bases. Running the bases is bigger than just. Stealing bags. All right, but they're not going to be aggressive if Jordan's coming up. You're not going to take the bat out of Jordan's hands and risk making it out on the bases. Teams historically don't do that. I mean, it's the biggest reason why we don't run anymore. I get it. Being smart on the base pass, though, maybe it means you can go, you know, first to third because of a guy like Bregman or Jordan where they're hitting the ball. You know what I'm saying? I also don't it, think they look at Tuck as a guy to run. They're looking at Tuck as a guy to drive in. Mm-hmm. So, but he does run when he gets on base. Well, yeah, and, and he's going to have that opportunity because the guys behind him are going to be Abreu and Chaz and Yiner. So he's going to get the opportunity to run in front of them. Mm-hmm. So I think him being there, if he hits in front of Jordan, he's not going to run because they're not going to take the bat out of Jordan's hands. When he bats behind him, they get the chance to run. That's just historically how teams have been. You don't run in front of your best hitter. Yeah. Unless you absolutely, like it's ninth inning and you need to get into scoring position. Because teams, oh, my best hitter, if if you can run and he hits a double, you can score. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to run in front of Jordan. Jordan bangs a double. Yeah. They're expecting, all right, if you, can, if you can steal a base, you can score from first. Yeah, I'm just thinking less about stealing bases and running into potential outs there and just extending because you are so fast and athletic ahead of Bregman and Jordan. You know, where you, if you could steal an extra bag by just being smart on the base pass, not, not literally talking about stealing bases, but, you know, move up further 90 feet, and that might even mean a run. That might even be getting to third with less than two outs, still putting yourself in position for a sack fly, you know, with those big boppers coming up. I, I think it it's not if you're gonna consider Jordan, I don't think you can totally kick Tucker out of uh, out of bed as maybe a possible, you know, idea that is spotted tinkers with. But ideally, Jordan in the two hole. I think this could be very, very real. I said it I last night. I love Jordan the two hole. It was, a, oh it was a great idea. You brought it up first. Um, I've fallen in love with it. And the fact that we saw it yesterday in the lineup um, and pretty much the ideal lineup, what we're going to be rolling out, you know, for most of the 162 this season, hopefully, you get really used to that. Uh, also seems like Ron and Clint are on the Jordan and the two hole bandwagon. Oh, they got on? Yeah, they got a promo that says they're on. Here we go. Oh, boy. Get on a bandwagon, baby. Look at you. Transforming. Going to make baseball guys out of them yet. Transforming, <laughs> uh, you know, some bad ideas into uh, some... Uh, you're making them think a little bit is what I'm really trying to say. So, good job. Hey, tomorrow's Thursday. It is? Thirsty Thursday, man. Thirsty Thursday. You going to bring uh, anything? No. 
Friday's payday. Well, I mean, Mike, we might get paid early tomorrow. You no, know, you might get. I know I won't. Well, it never happens at my bank. I'm saying the whole leap year thing. Like today's the last month, uh, day of the month, isn't it? Or is there twenty nine? Yeah, the fr- it's, this is the Friday. Like, uh, we're just every other Friday. Uh, all right, what the hell? But you know what? Wish for thinking. That makes March a money bags month. There's three paydays in March. There we go. I still feel like there's only been one, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, appreciate you being a part of the show. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back tomorrow on Thursday right here. Same time, same spot. 7 to 10, Area 45 Sports Radio 610. For Jay Samuel, great job, dude. He's Patrick Creighton, Sean Bajani. Have a great night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.